Okay. Um, so welcome back. Uh, so you guys have been traveling with Kierkegaard for like three days, four days at this point. Um, you just left like a small crossroads village where there's like an inn. You guys, it's probably the last night you guys had under a roof that you're going to have before you reach Vigil. Um, Is that where we parted ways with the Haster? With family? the Haster yes, and his family. Going to yeah. the, the Washley's estate. Yeah. Washley's? And the Hasters were halflings? Yeah, Haster was the, the man. He didn't give you a last name. Um, he didn't catch his wife's name, I guess. Maybe it was like a Lily or something. Who knows? Just a common halfling name. And yeah, and they were leaving for the estate. Uh, he's going to become a, the head gardener for a, a wealthy lord. Because like throughout Vigil, there's lords and lords all over the place, like knights and stuff that keep the land. And so there's there's like pockets of resistance if the wall ever falls. That's the whole idea. And there's vill there's villages with farmers and stuff all over the place, um, just like any other medieval type society. Uh, so, so it's it's the next day after leaving the village. You guys are, have made camp. You've all like helped collect firewood or set up tents or um, everything. Um, Fallon is probably like tucking in. Uh, Taylor, do do elves sleep in this world? Do you think, or are you going sleepless? Uh I can go sleepless. I was gonna say if you want if you're up to changing it from Pathfinder lore, stick with like the the waking kind of trance kind of thing. Uh trance. So like his eyes are open, he's aware of what's going on, but like it's happening in a dream. And so he can be woken very easily, but he still has to like turn his brain off. Yeah, like I don't care how we otherwise you'll never surprise us. As ever. far as regular Pathfinder rules goes, elves are supposed to sleep like every other race, but like there's other we, I don't care if we keep stay with that. You're, I figured you're playing an elf, so. But whatever. Okay. What, whatever floats your boat. Like, I've never really played an elf before, so. I would right, to have them sleep then, because it can justify, it gets rid of the easy justification of why they're always such bastards. It's yeah. like, they never sleep. Oh, so they're they're never, yeah, no, that sucks. That's why they're such bitches. I would just, I'm fine with just sleeping still. Yeah. Okay, well, keep, keep elves as sleeping, else. so we're not stealing from anywhere else so elves are sleep sleep like anyone else so uh fallon and uh bert have tucked in for the night so fallon will get woken up in the middle of the night at some point to do middle of the night watch uh loman will start and bert does the morning watch like the early early morning watch so that just leaves kirkegaard and loman around the fire um so kirkegaard's just finishing the last of the stew you guys had made that night and he's just staring into the fire right now I am just like I'm on the exact opposite end of the fire, and uh, a notable thing about about Solomon is that he's always like shoulders in, even though he's very big. He's uh, he's young, and so he does like the kind of small frame, um, kind of tucked in with that book between his hands. Um, got a uh, mulchrum of it here. <laughs> um, it's like a little little leather bound book that like the size of a notebook. Um, and uh, just kind of gripping it between both of his big hands. And he's uh, just kind of waiting for Kierkegaard to say anything. And I imagine as the fire kind of crackles on and he just tends to it and says nothing. Uh, kind I of think, <clears throat> yeah, there's a certain certain point where um, you can tell he finishes the stew and he's just kind of sitting there with the empty bowl. Um, he looks, he finally like takes his eyes away from the fire, looks down at his bowl and he looks up at you and... um. Loman, what's that book you always have with you? 
Oh, oh uh, this this book here. That's uh, uh it's uh, well, they they tell me it was my father's. It's uh, it, it's uh, it's silly, but it's just a. It was his journal. It's just a few things he uh, thoughts he had. Uh, he seemed to start keeping it when he was about my age, and then he stopped around when he met my mother. There was a couple pages left when they gave it to me, so I, I've been I just I, I, I read over it sometimes. Uh, it's also worth noting, like this is like the equivalent of like an arcane focus for him. Like this is his the physical representation of his bloodline. Um, for his spell cast. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so Loman, uh, so sorry. Uh, so Kierkegaard kind of has starts staring at the fire again, and um, he starts speaking again. It's it's good to keep connected to the ones that have passed, the ones that have passed through the land of Phorasma into the boneyards. Now, see, that's something I wanted to ask you about. It's um. You say past as though spirits go places. Are there ever are there ever spirits that that stay? Because again, it's 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 just so silly, and I I never knew the man, but my father in in his in his journal here wrote about wrote about ghosts like they were around, like they were things people saw sometimes. And not just like I'm not talking about like violent spirits, like the ones that that hurt people. Like he he said people he knew to be dead were um, still around. Is that is that something? Would that be <laughs> would that just be crazy if that was something that happened to people? And would that would if if someone did see stuff like that? Would that be? Uh, <laughs> Do you know is it, do you know Loman? Loman, yes, yes. That whole time you were talking, he, he had like a kind of a look of like he kept wanting to jump in and he didn't know how. With like, yeah, yes, I, I've heard of such a thing, and such a thing is an abomination in the eyes of Phorasma. When people or creatures die, they are meant to to meet Phorasma. She is to judge them. And she chooses where they go afterwards, which part of the, which realm they, they travel to, whether it's, if they were uh, faithful followers of Nethys, like your, your two companions, she would send them to their realm, possibly. Uh, if they were followers of Iomide, th- th- that he would, she, would, she would send them to Iomide. Uh, if they were evil, they would go to an evil place. And sometimes... If, if, sorry. But if 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 say they didn't have, if there was no place for them, where what does she do to them? She finds if a place they, for every soul. That's her whole reason for being. Would would that not mean that maybe sometimes their place is here? Get fucked. Yeah, you're not ready for that. Kierkegaard's oh, not ready for that. Shit. That was uh, he's kind of taken aback. He, he doesn't quite understand what you mean, um, but for, he considers it for a bit. Uh, generally, when a spirit decides not to move on, they come back as undead, uh, such as simple evil skeletons or, or as hauntings in, in old houses or 
they don't want to let go, but it is Our, my job and jobs of my brethren to eliminate such abominations. Our, now, I have, I guess, I guess just one more question. He's like rigging the book in his hands, like it's rolled up like a like an old magazine. You say it haunted. Is is it ever the case that 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 people like like you or I or or our friend the monk and the and the cleric there could people be haunted? I've never heard of of people being haunted. It's usually places. Uh, I know there was in, back in Throne Step a few years ago. A baker was horribly uh, killed in his own shop. He was shoved into one of his ovens, actually. Uh, and me and my brethren had to go in and exercise his spirit from the space. Uh, so he, he haunted his own bakery afterwards. Uh, there was a few injuries and stuff, but we were made aware, and we made sure he found his way to Farisma and his final rewards. Then. Uh huh. Now this next part's gonna—I know you're already sitting, but I'm, I'm just gonna ask you to, if you could just stay sitting. Um, and Loman's gonna stand up and go. Uh, do you think maybe you could um, you could do that for me? And he's gonna use a level one spell slot to uh. Summon monster one for a ghost. Um, and a kind of like purplish, kind of like dripping phantasmal image. Uh, it's going to just kind of stand up next to him. And it's a human. Uh, the features are really difficult to see, but, um, it is clearly like doesn't share his tusks, but it's got like, there's something about it that looks a little bit like him, like immediately. Uh, but it's a human frame almost as tall as him. Um, and it kind of just like, stands there and doesn't do anything and doesn't make any noise and just kind of like looks at Kierkegaard. So when you summon this, he like falls backwards and he kind of scrambles away from it. Um, and then he stands up and now it, it, I know it is frightening to see, but it does, it doesn't do anything. It's just here. And, and until I, until I like point it out, no one else seems to notice it. Bowman, I've never seen anything like this before in all my years fighting undead. Uh, I've never read about anything like this. I, I just, I've never heard of it doing this, following a person like this. This is, this is new, but I, I know in my heart that Farazma would not stand for this. We, we have to send him back to, to her. Yeah. He has to find his place in the afterworld. Would you like me to try to send him back? Kind of look at him nervously and then look at the ghost and go, I, I would very much like that. Uh, just kind of stands there and it, it's, it's been standing there for the better part of this year. And it has been freaking me right, right out of my, right out of my gourd. If I'm being completely honest with you. And, uh, I think it might be why I was uh, dismissed from the fighting pits. Okay, so he he just nods at you and sternly and looks at you, and then you can he kind of like steps up uh, to the the ghost, um, 
he like rolls up his sleeves and like rubs his hands together <laughs> and like you can see he's like like standing uh like he's getting a nice wide stance like like he's ready for a fight and he stares at this ghost and then he like he brings his arms up in like a power move and he like his his eyes white over and you can see like this burst of like energy from him and you feel like you were kind of weary a bit before from the long day when this wave yeah. hits you you feel like rejuvenated um and the so you said he was purple the ghost yeah it's kind of like it's not like it, it, in the firelight it's that you can only really see it because of how purple contrasts on like the dark blue of the night sky like okay, so the wave hits the ghost and the purple all starts turning yellow and there's a bright, bright light and then the positive energy fades and he's still there. He's still purple and he's untouched. And you can tell like Kierkegaard is really like unsure of what just happened. And he tries it again. He, he does the same motions. You get blasted with another wave of positive energy. There's more yellow light, but your ghost is still there. And he's not sure why. And he, he sits down and just looks at your ghost and he says, Loman, I, I don't understand. It's not like any other undead I've encountered before. What, what is it? Well, I, I was really hoping you might be able to tell me that, sir. I'm, uh, and, Kind of as the either the timer on the spell because it's only a couple minutes, or as I dismiss it, um, it it fades away. Um, I uh, he just seems mighty uncomfortable. I think it would be nice to to do something for him, but he's just kind of sticks. Loman is is this your father? I I would have no earthly way of knowing. I would have no Galarianly way of not. <laughs> Try again, Galaricon. I would have no Galaricanly. I would have no material plainly way of knowing such a thing, sir. You've given me a lot to think and to, and to pray about tonight. Uh, go go ahead and, and tuck in early. I'll finish your watch. I'll I'll wake up Fallon. I have some thinking to do, and I. I think me and your companions will need to talk tomorrow morning about why we're all here. I, if, if, if you'd be kind enough to, to keep my specifics a secret for me, sir, I, I didn't mean to trouble you with them if, if, if they were going to be such it's, a weight on you. But it's I, no trouble, Loman, and your, your secret is safe with me. Uh, we'll, we'll discuss things tomorrow. Best get some sleep now. It's been a long day on the road. Thank you, Mr. Kierkegaard, sir. Yeah. And he stands up and he gives him like the little like the equivalent of like the whatever our our uh, our band of carrot pokers is uh, salute is. <laughs> and uh, as as he's walking to the tent, is already like scribbling in the last couple pages of that notebook. I yield my time. I am very excited for Shaman King Solomon. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good comic, right? Okay. So, yeah, you tuck in for the night, and you're all three sleeping. To, uh, it's the first time the three of you had to sleep at the same time, actually, since this adventure started, because usually one of you is on watch, at least. Um, and as a spoon system, we do fit, like, like Rustin, Russian nesting dolls. Got the gnome. Dicks and butts. Yeah. Gnome, elf, half-orc, all spooned up. 
So warmth. <laughs> so you you fall asleep and a dream comes to all three of you. Four men in steel masks make their way through a dark forest. They slowly pick their way down a steep hill into a dry creek bed with steep banks. They approach a large stone door set into the side of the bank. It is night. They each wield a torch to light their way. The door swings open easily. As the men enter, the last one in line takes one last look around. Make sure they aren't being watched before he heads into the unknown. They make their way through the old crypt, carefully avoiding traps and creatures that block their way. There's a fight. One of their members is killed by a creature, but the other three survive and head a different way. Eventually, they find themselves in a large chamber with a stone sarcophagus. The three men descend upon the tomb with pickaxes and crowbars. The great stone lid crashes to the ground. A corpse in gleaming armor is revealed. The dead lord has a gold amulet around his neck. The head looter reaches out slowly, hesitantly. And then with a quick movement, he yanks the golden amulet away from the long dead lord. Suddenly, a fierce wind kicks up around the men. Dust is everywhere. Two of them step away, but the third is slow. The hand of the skeleton has grabbed him. The skeletal lord draws his long-forgotten sword, and the trapped thief screams. The sword is driven into the thief's chest, silencing his scream. All that is heard is a gurgling as the life leaves his body. The other two waste no time. They turn tail and run. Up and up and up through the crypt, they run past long dead skeletons. Skeletons that are rising from their crypts and starting to give chase. The thieves run for their lives. They're running. Running. The door comes into sight. They can see their salvation. But a skeleton steps in front with a spear and a quick thrust. He catches one of the thieves in his gut and flips the thief over his shoulder. The last leaf takes his chance. He reaches deep down into himself and uses up the last of his reserves and launches himself towards the door. As he flies past the entrance, the door slams shut behind him with a loud crash. He's lying in the dirt, breathing heavily. He can't believe it. He made it out. After a few moments, he opens his right hand. The moonlight glints off the golden amulet. He has it. The high priest would be pleased. He would be rewarded very well just as soon as he can return home, return to the city of Vigil. He mounts his horse and begins his long journey. As he rides past you, a figure steps out of the trees and looks straight at you. The figure is a woman in silver armor and a long red cape. And she says to you, as she looks you directly in the eyes, Follow Kierkegaard. Restore what was lost. Beware the living God. As you all wake up in a cold sweat, you realize that this was no normal dream. As you exit your tents, you see Kierkegaard at the fire making breakfast. He greets you all. Bloody hell, do you have some tea over there already? Fantastic. Simply <laughs> smashing. Y- yes, uh, Valen, your tea is it's almost ready. I have the shitty voice. I don't like having the shitty voice. I require <laughs> an entire rasher of bacon. I did not, I, I believe my, my green room specifications were le- left with you by the captain. 
<laughs> you can change your voice, Connor, if you want to. We can edit this part no, out. No, I'm going to stick it. with Kermit. It's it's the only voice that I can do consistently, <laughs> and that I can find. I was really upset when I realized that, like, now every gnome has to sound like a muppet. <laughs> Not necessarily. <laughs> yeah, they do. That's my decision. It's like. Okay, I'm, we're running with this. This is happening. I can't wait to throw some yeah, gnomes at you guys. The difference between a halfling and a and a gnome is actually the felty texture to their flesh. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to have a hard time not slipping into Yoda. Yes, Because they're true. so close for yeah. me. Or Fozzie Bear, even. Mm. Or Fozzie, yeah. yeah. Waka, waka, waka! <laughs> I use Divine Smite. Waka, waka. Okay, uh, so... Waka, waka, waka. So you all sit down and start having breakfast, and uh, do any of you say anything? Um, I'm going to burn a spell slot, um, mending a broken egg, just to break it again. What the fuck? Okay. <laughs> like, okay, sorry, walk me through it. What do you mean by that? What do you mean? What do I mean? He so cracks it when he cracks an egg into the pan, I'm going to cast mending and reverse entropy. To put the egg back into the egg. So are you are you then, subtly doing this or like you're just blatantly no fuck you? No 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 it's it's obvious. Oh, yeah. yeah no it's it's under the guise of studying destruction. That's Bert's whole thing. Yeah I like that. That's cool. I am become Bert destroyer <laughs> of eggs. I am become Bert destroyer of eggs. Do we do we should we talk about the dream? Is that what you're fishing for here? I don't know. Do you want to talk about the dream? <sighs> I don't know. Actually, you know, Connor, give me... Do you have knowledge religion? I assume so. Give me a knowledge religion check. Yeah, plus six. Let's do this. 17. Okay. Nothing. No, you don't get no nothing. This was a hard what? religion roll. It was a hard one. So, for a basic god? No, no, it's not about phrasma. It's about something else. Okay. All right. What? Oh, to... the the mask that we saw, right? Yeah, about the dream. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess I, guess I should be thinking about that uh, living god thing. Hmm. Okay, so... That's what I'm doing. I'm meditating by breaking eggs and thinking about the living God. Here, I can, I can approach this. I will turn to my compatriot of... Nethys. 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 Like, uh, Bert, uh, I do say, what the fudge do you know about a chap called the living God? That's my 17 roll, right? No, that's... Roll again for that one. The okay. 17 was something else. Okay. Well, then, 14. Um, you, you're not quite, you don't quite remember, but like for the name Rasmir pops in your head, but you're not quite sure about, about that, but that's what's popped into your head, Connor, is the name Rasmir, but okay. you can't really remember it much else. Sure. I'm getting, As I say this. hang on, let me do my thing. Guy. I'm getting threads of, fuck, what was it? Rasmir? <laughs> Rasmir. <laughs> I'm getting threads of Razmir, um, but I'm afraid that's all. That's a bloody sight more than I knew. Yes, when I do I, read more. When I mentioned the living god, though, do I see Kierkegaard? Uh, yeah, he like he looks up at you and um, uh, Fallon. Why do you ask about Razmir, the living living god? Do you know of him? Ah, oh, well, bloody funny question you should ask. I had this wicked, wicked dream last night. Saw four chaps go down into a tomb. Lots of blood and death on their way down. Some guy got strangled by a fucking mummy. 
two guys are making their way out. Another guy gets fucking crushed by a rock. And uh, I think, bloody hell, I think of it. I saw your face and the last guy you got out of there. So you're okay swearing yeah. now. Fucking right, I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a slow build. Uh, so yeah, Kierkegaard's like it's really... Nice right now. That's a... What what happened at the end of the dream again? Sorry, Valens. Uh, yeah, uh, big old chap in a mask of gold. I do believe it was. Yeah, it was a silver mask. A silver. Oh, let me change. He that. said, <laughs> "Follow Kierkegaard, protect Kierkegaard, restore what was lost, beware the living god." I think I might have had the same dream. Well, this was clearly clairvoyant. We all shared the same dream. Rasmir claims was a man. Uh, my understanding, he was a powerful wizard or sorcerer or something. Uh, he claims to have passed the trials of the Starstone. So, you guys all have heard of the Starstone. Um, it's like it was like a meteor that hit hit Galericon long, long time ago. And if you touch this, you can be a god if you touch this this meteor um the first person to do it was named abadar um he was human he touched it became a god and he became like one of the main gods um like a, a lot of humanity felt uh followed him he actually died and they think that phrasma passed him off into and they don't really don't know what happened to him no one really knows he he died his all his clerics lost their powers overnight it was a big big calamity actually that, that when this happened Iomade used to be one of his like heralds and she stepped up into his place type of thing to take take over for him but like it was a big big deal when it happened because he was like all up in everyone's shit like he was all over the place but so him dying or whatever happened was a crazy thing to happen so this this where the starstone landed there's like a big like castle and it's this thing where you're like, you, supposed to be able to see that yeah you're yeah We'll talk about that in a second. Um, it's this big, big thing where you like, if you can get to where the Starstone is, you have to like go, like jump past this cli- huge cliff to get there. It's this big thing, and you have to go into the, these catacombs. And if you can get to the Starstone, you can become a god. And like three or four people have been able to do it, but like anyone else who's tried has died. Like lots of people have died trying to do this. So um, it's the Crash Bandicoot platformer, probably. Yeah. So Rasmiger has claimed that he did this the quest of the Starstone, and that he's a living god. He's chosen to walk among the people uh, to be a god on Earth and share his power with people. And he's he managed to take over a whole kingdom, and he sends out... There's, they're, they're a very powerful kingdom now, and they send out like uh, missionaries to other kingdoms now, and they're starting to spread around. Uh, the, the Kirk, yeah, Kierkegaard explains this to you. Like, there's a, uh, a, he knows that they have a small group now in throne step and maybe other places in um last wall they're trying to spread out and spread the religion of rasmir cult 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 yeah you never want your god living among you it's you don't want to see their flaws never meet your heroes this is the man who sees me masturbate (laughs) (laughs) so at this point kierkegaard starts explaining a mask to you it's like did uh the mass figure that spoke to you, did it have like red eyes and uh, like, was it pointy? And he, he describes this mask and that's the picture I'm showing right now. And that's the mask you all saw in your dream. It makes me think of Tassadar. What is Tassadar? Oh, not Tassadar. oh yeah. Like Starcraft. a Protoss. Yeah. 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 So I was thinking angry he, Magneto. 
he doesn't seem worried when you when you guys all say like this is this is what we saw. He um he looks a little bit relieved actually, and he says, uh, "What you've seen is uh, a herald of Phrasma. Uh, sh- she's a powerful warrior for Phrasma and a messenger. She's called the steward of the skein. Uh, the fact that she's talked to you is." quite amazing uh, you've all been blessed with a prophecy of from Phrasma herself most likely See, i told you it was a gift steward of the who? steward of the scheme s-k-e-i-n oh i thought scheme like plotting no no scheme skying scheme i'm not sure i didn't name her I stole man i have i have a confession i i received a dream as well but the day before i met you it's why I actually came down to the embassy to to hire people. I saw all three of your faces before I met you. Phrasma told me and other people in my church that I had to deliver an artifact to Vigil and that I needed to find the three of you. And you were right where, where the steward told me you would be. And uh, I think that our fate is intertwined in some way. Uh, Phrasma is mysterious. She she works in different ways, and she's she does prophecies and and deals with fate. And I think our our fates are intertwined. We have a journey to go on together. I think it's going to go go beyond vigil, uh, but we'll see where we take us. It's my first time being spoken to uh, by a herald. It's it's actually quite exciting. Uh, as for someone in my position, we've—I mean, I've dedicated my life to Phrasma. This feels like it's finally for a reason. But, anyways, we—we we must continue along our way. Uh, start packing up camp, fellows. I'm gonna rest for a bit while you get everything sorted, and we'll hit the road as soon as, as soon as you're all done. And with that, he stands up and throws the last little bits of food he has in the fire, and he goes late and lays down under a tree for a little bit because you know he's been—he's been up all night. Hi ho! Hi ho! So you guys want to talk amongst yourselves while you guys pack up, or are you guys all done with this scene, you think? Don't think, especially after kind of like oversharing to Kierkegaard, that like I'm not going to talk about something else. So it's getting late in the day at this point. Uh, lunch was, you guys had lunch, whatever. It's uh, it's it's starting to get time where like you guys would start thinking about getting a, a camp for the night. Again? It's Yeah, we're going to skip head a bit. You have to sleep every night? Yeah, fuck every, is this? every night you sleep. You're so you're walking through like some some uh, like really grassy area. It's like lush. The grass is like pretty high. Um, give me a perception check. I have a regular twenty. There's like a rustling um, in the in the the grass ahead of you. Probably about sixty feet ahead. I of choose you. you, Pikachu. Is it a Pokemon? Um, you, you're not. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a Pikachu. Pikachu jumps out. No, and you you also get like um some notes on the wind. Some like kind of like something musical. On the wind, like f- flutes, maybe oh. a lute. You're not quite sure, but um, you're more concentrated Seaters. on this rustling ahead of you. And a a big a big dog jumps out, and it starts like barking and growling at you guys. Um, is barring Hello, the road Fido. that you're on, like the little path that you're on. It's barring the way. It's like really angry growling. What do you guys want to do with this dog? I'm gonna cast cause fear. Sure. Is cause fear like a targeted thing? Uh, target area. An area. One living creature with five or fewer HD. One one creature? One creature. Okay. Yeah, so the the dog turns tail and runs 
after Connor casts a spell. Yes! So what do you guys want to do now? Uh, all right, well, goodbye, Fido. I think we have to follow it. Okay, so you start following. Um, as you kind of like, the dog kind of like ran back over a hill, so you couldn't see it after like just a quick second. As you guys start approaching the hill, right in the middle of the uh, the roadway is a halfling with a, a small bow pointed at you and says, what did you do to my dog? You also notice he has a long spear on the, like a really long spear on the ground next to him as well. It's ready to pick oh, that up. No. He's, that's, he's pointing that's his bow. Concerning. He's pointing his bow right at you, Bert. What do you want to do? What did you do to my dog? I merely told him to leave. Well, only only I can do that to old Spike. How, how'd you get him to listen to you? Look at me. I am fearful. Uh, for, forgive me, Master Gnome, but I mean, I don't think I've ever been afraid of a gnome before. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I guess I have to cast cause fear again. Okay. Oh yeah, no, no, I'll roll intimidate. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's way better. Okay. Hang on, let me let me check my charisma first. Let me load my shit. Yeah, plus four intimidate. Yeah, I'll, I'll give that a shot. Thirteen. Okay, so he drops his bow and he starts booking it the other way now too. For an intimidate check? Oh, sorry, you didn't cast. I thought you cast fear no, on. No, him. no, yeah. Sorry, no intimidate. Uh, he like you can see Jesus. like kind of shudders with his bow, um, and he like he lets go of the arrow, but like it zings over your head, and you can tell he's kind of spooked. He let loose at us. Like he didn't mean. He, it doesn't. Like give me a sense motive. Sense moto check. Okay. Eighteen total. So you can tell he didn't mean to shoot. You just spooked him so bad that it was like the um. You know, two towers when they're all got their arrows pointed at the orcs down below, and the old guy just can't hold it anymore. It's like that. He's yeah. just like, "Oh shit!" Um, I yeah. grab the arrow if it's going towards uh, Bert. And no, it goes. It goes like oh, way okay. up in the air, way past. way past Bert. Yeah, yeah. And so um, now I'll say, "Gaze upon me and shudder." <laughs> okay, you can tell. You can tell he's kind of spooked. It. It was. It. It was a warning shot. Just you, you, your tall folk better back up. I'll, I mean it. I don't see any need to attack a fucking halfling. We got shit to do. Is he in the way? He's like, he's kind of in the way the direction you guys want to travel. All right. What, what's your business? Vigil. We're, we're going to vigil. Oh, yeah. The, I mean, this is, I mean, this is the main road to, I didn't mean to bar your way. Spike was just on guard duty and you guys spooked him. I feel like we're just getting off on the wrong foot here. <sighs> okay, so I mean, he and he's he's lowered his spear. His spear is now like next to him instead of like threatening you guys. And he's you can kind of kind of at least a bit embarrassed. It's like I just I don't know what kind of people go around casting spells on other people's dogs. I don't understand you. So yeah, you can tell this guy is kind of uh, kind of embarrassed and like kind of like not sure what to do with you guys. I don't know what to do with you guys. Uh well, I do believe we would like to continue on down the road, and we'll be on our merry way, if that's okay with you. Well, I've I've been all over this little area here, and there's there's not many great places for camping. Uh, did you want to come back to my camp? Uh, you'd be safe for the night there. I was getting pretty long in the day right now. We do not turn down easy camp. Do you have tea? Oh, yeah, of course we have tea. What? Who are you taking me for here? Then I would love a spot of tea. Off we go, chaps. <laughs> All right, well, keep your arms stowed. You won't need them where you're going. We're, we're quite the fierce band. Uh, follow me, chaps. Weapons. So he, 
He picks up his bow, he puts his bow on his back, and he's got a spear, and he, uh... Shit, none of us have so a he starts leading you down. <laughs> so he starts leading you down the way. Every so often, he starts whistling for Spike, and he calls off to Spike, and shakes his head. He's not sure, quite sure where the dog is. So you kind of come around, a like, a bend, and you see there's... Ahead of you, it's like a small battle camp, it looks like. It's a ring. Um, It looks like it's a ring of those halfling carts, you know, the one-wheeled carts. That's the, oh, okay. the whole camp is surrounded by a whole bunch of them, and each of them has uh, a whole, like a few spears, um, like attached to them. So the whole camp looks oh. kind of like an angry hedgehog. Uh, it's like, yeah, they're just giant out in, in different sizes and different angles to like give the whole camp like a, a ringed fence of spears. Um, Solomon, I apologize. I appear to have misjudged our friend. As as you're getting closer, you can see like there's campfires, there's smoke going, and you can hear that music. The lutes and the the flutes are starting to come stronger. Uh, it seems like they're having like it looks like a little bit of a party. And uh, Kierkegaard uh, turns to Bert and, uh, "Are you sure this is wise, Master Gnome? Are uh, uh, we in over our heads?" I I believe we'll be okay. We again we carry watch through the night as always, and partying. What are they? Halflings. halflings. They don't tend to bother me. I don't believe that they will be much of a threat. So that's, that seems to appease Kierkegaard. So as your group approach the camp, um, the, the halfling, the unnamed halfling, uh, takes you towards a gap in the oh, carts. Shit, we should have got his name. Let's get his name. Do you want to ask him his name? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He introduces himself as Benji Fairbin. Of course. Yeah. Fairbin? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah Benji Fairbin. So he takes you up to like the gap, and uh, at 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 the gap is a a fierce looking halfling with a spear that's like three times his own size, and he's wearing a like a helmet that's like one size too big for him, and like in a big bo- booming voice as big as a halfling can do, he's like, "All oh, two goes there," and it's, it's like Benji, like you can see his shoulders just kind of like slump and like, uh Shifty, you know who I am, and these these fellow travelers. I offer them a place to sleep. They seem a decent bunch. Uh, and the the other guy, oh, Benji, you know my name is not Shifty. I'm commander of the watch, Percy Longstaff, and you will address me as such. It's like, that's my porn name. <laughs> <laughs> and Benji just says, ha, commander, commander Shifty, more like it. And uh, he he waves you guys past uh, Percy. <laughs> and just like, Percy Fuck just kind of like grumps at you. So as you guys are walking through camp, random people are like yelling out to Benji about like who you guys are. And he just says, you guys are fellow travelers. He, you see him address one guy. He's like, hey, Louie, have you seen the sergeant? And Louis, who's peeling some potatoes, like just jerks over his shoulder, pointing in a direction. Um, Has he trapped a young halfling in the room with him while he jerks over his shoulder? <laughs> no. What? <laughs> so you're, you're, you guys are... They're given a place where you can keep your horses, um, and the four of you can just walk through the camp with with Benji and leave your horses behind for a bit. Benji, question for you, my friend: Are you are you a mercenary band? You and your friends here? Us? <laughs> no, we're we're shepherds and weavers. Actually, uh, we were we were called by our lord uh, to we were called to, to battle, and we responded to the call like any loyal. Uh, surf does and uh what battle i'm sure the sarge will want to talk to you about that actually he loves telling the story you know there's always some dispute between this lord and that lord and i try not i keep my nose out of it the the sarge can explain it to you let me it sounds like your nose is pretty deep in it 
no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just good in the wilderness, and I, I generally try to keep watch because the rest of these these guys are a bit green for, for that type of thing. So, but the Sarge will talk to you. Let me let me introduce you to the Sarge. He'll help you out. So you guys pick your way through the tents. There's running dogs. Uh, you can see they're, they're cooking stuff for, for dinner and everything. And you see uh, t- towards one side of the camp, there's two uh, two halflings deep in conversation. One's wearing like the rough wool clothing and a straw hat. You can tell he's just like the rest of them. The other one he's talking to is like in fine wool trousers, uh, respectful cloth armor. He's got a fancy hat with a dark brown feather. You think this might be the sergeant that he's... he's uh, Very dandy. Yeah, so as you... As you as you approach, uh, you can hear a bit of the conversation. So he, the sergeant saying, uh, "So no one's seen Otto since midday. Then where where did he head off to? It's getting dark. We might have to send a group out to find him." And then he he kind of sees you guys. He says, "Oh, Benji and uh, guests, tall guests. Oh, and oh, one a gnome. Ugh. Ah, greetings, friends. I'm Gulliver Roper, uh, sergeant of the auxiliary sharpshooters to Lord Erpingham." How may I be of service? And he bows. Let me write this down. He pulls his hat off and does a bow. So his name is Gulliver Roper. Roper. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they call them. They call themselves the Auxiliary Sharpshooters. Nice. Uh, and they're in service to Lord Erpingham. So yeah, he gives you guys a bow and then straightens back up and puts his cap back on. And it's a cap. Um, okay. So what I gathered from all of this is that they're missing a dude. Um, that's what you overheard is like a dude, a, a dude named Otto was missing. So he goes, Otto. so, uh, the sergeant, uh, like invites you to sit down around like the small fire that's close to there. And he's it's like, so, uh, travelers, what brings you to our neck of the woods or field, we I guess. We're passing through and unfortunately scared Spike. And then NG here has invited us to camp for the night. Yeah, by all means, uh, fellow travelers are welcome here. Uh, as long as you don't cause any trouble. Uh, I mean, trouble finds us sometimes, I guess. And he's a bit like, he keeps kind of like looking off, like up a hill that's behind you guys. And you can tell there's like some woods up there. He kind of keeps, he keeps diverting his eyes up there. Uh, I am. I honestly, I don't know if I have much time to talk with you fellows. One of our, uh, one of our friends is missing. He went, I, I think, hunting for mushrooms up in the woods up there. And we haven't seen him in a few hours. We're kind of getting worried about him. We're new to this area. We we're on our way back from uh from serving our liege lord, and we were checking this area out for possible new grazing grounds for our our sheep. But so we're not quite familiar with this area, to be honest. This feels like a plot device, so I guess we'll help. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, most of my most of the people here are just simple farmers or weavers. I mean, you you guys have the look of uh. Of, of warriors about you. I mean, you... We are well-seasoned adventurers. You guys would have your tabards on f- for... Uh, and he actually like, says to you, it's like, aren't you uh, the ambassadors of... Pain. I do believe it's the word you're looking for. Ambassadors of pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. You guys, you actually... Uh, there's a small de- detachment on the other side during the last little little fight, scuffle we got into. Uh, no, no, no. No remarks about you guys. I'm sure you're stand-up fellows. I mean, mercenaries just work for coin, right? But uh, I, I know a few of you showed up to the last fight I, I was, uh, was at. Okay, so yeah, uh, the sergeant offers you guys like 
some nice wool blankets as payment, some chickens. Uh, he's got a couple sheep that they could actually give you. He thinks they might fetch a good price in Vigil. Just uh, like and say, like, can you guys help us? Like, we'll we'll pay, but like they don't have a lot to pay with. You can tell we will. We will handle payment afterwards. I do not feel like grazing sheep. <laughs> it's like they're good sheep, though. They they provide a lot of wool. I'm quite sure. <laughs> do I look like I need a lot of wool? So as you guys are winding down your conversation with the sergeant, uh, Benji comes back with like a small pot and some bowls and stuff. And he starts giving you guys some soup and stuff and for some food before you, you hit the way. Um, so he, he pipe, he says, uh, so Sarge, I hear Otto's missing. He, he took the path up into the woods up there. Do you want me to go see if I can, can find him? Or well, after you're all done eating, maybe we'll head, we'll head out. Let me go see if I can round up Spike first before, before we head up into the hills, though. I don't think Spike will come with us. Yeah, he he's he seems like he's pretty good in the in the woods, so he can probably help you out with some tracking and stuff to find this guy. Oh, I would be very keen to have Spike come with us. I don't know if Spike will come with us. <laughs> I'm very fearful. <laughs> he act he he ends up coming back without Spike and. He says, like, I, I couldn't find him. I don't know where he went to. We'll have to search for him later, too. Uh-oh. So let's let's head off in the woods without him, I guess. He collects up his gear, says, do you guys do you guys need anything? Like, do we, should we bring torches? Like, what do you guys want to do here? I mean, do you have a spot of leaf? Like weed? Tobacco. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tobacco they would have tobacco for sure. They're halflings, of course. Yeah, halflings yeah. definitely have tobacco. Yeah, so they, 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 he busts out some of that for you and gives you your own pouch Beautiful. of it. Um, what would we normally bring? Yeah, water, torches. I mean, it's getting close to yeah, night. Torches. Some torches. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, he packs up a, a little bit more food for you for the road. And you guys, do you want to give us a cool final line? I think we're near. Yeah. We're at um, let's see what I can think of. Yeah, I think like this is, seems like a yeah, good yeah. stopping point too. As I was thinking too. Um, I don't know what to say here. That's tough. Like that's putting me on the spot. Like uh, I have to do it every week. <laughs> I know it's, I know. it's tough. I usually I, I stop wherever it feels most good to stop on the best line to stop. So you'll note that it's not always me. <laughs> okay, I think I got it. Okay, so Benji moves aside a couple of carts, makes some room for you. Uh, you, you can see he slings his his bow over his back and he picks up his spear and starts walking and he turns back to you and says, all right, stay close. Who knows what dangers lie ahead? Fuck you. <laughs>